It's Crossover Thursday. You know what that means. It's time to talk to somebody from the other side. We're talking to Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And for pretty much the whole show today, we're going to be talking to Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast about this pivotal matchup between the Vikings and Packers. Everything on the line. Peter and I go over pretty much everything going on in this game. So we're just going to get right into it. We're back with another crossover edition, Locked on Packers, Locked on Vikings. I'm Peter Bukowski from Locked on Packers with Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings. A week 17 matchup that is, for once, not the last week of the season. <laughs> yeah. This is still really weird, Luke. I, I'm I'm not used to it. I'm not okay with it. But how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, yeah, ready to see if the Vikings can't pull themselves back into this. This would eliminate the Vikings, so it's kind of... Do or die right now or die next week. I don't know. It's, those are the choices. <laughs> do or die now or do or die later. Um, that sounds like the worst uh, James Bond movie title that that they've ever come <laughs> up with. But uh, here we are. Uh, some big news uh, this week. Uh, the Vikings putting Adam Thielen on injured reserve, mm-hmm. ending his season. Now, KJ Osborne, as you pointed out on this show the last time we talked, has has turned into a heck of a secondary receiver but this still yeah. seems like a pretty big blow in what you described as a do or die situation. Yeah, they'll miss him a lot in the red zone in particular. Um, I think he's he's always had a style that would age well and it's aging now. Um, but he's always been more of a, a precision, a technique, a, a route running type guy. He never relied on his speed too much. Um, but he's having trouble staying on the field and all that. He had a high ankle sprain. He tried to play on it against the Rams. He aggravated it. Now he's out for the year. Um, so, or out for the next month, which is ostensibly the year. So that's obviously going to hurt. I think I I have a decent amount of faith in KJ Osborne. Um, but it's, it was always going to be the Justin Jefferson show, whether or not Adam Thielen was around. Um, it's still a Justin Jefferson show. It's going to be how much can the Vikings isolate Justin Jefferson and take advantage of those matchups versus how much can the Packers avoid that and, and prevent that from happening. And one of the things the Vikings did expertly in the first matchup was create conflict for Eric Stokes precisely mm-hmm. with Justin Jefferson and, and creating some of those high-low looks where uh, the rookie corner is is in conflict. He, yeah. He's trying to figure out. get him one-on-one. Well, there's that too. The, the touchdown at the end of the game was just, yeah. hey, it's me versus you, and you expect Justin Jefferson to win those matchups. We'll see if Jair Alexander can play in this game. The Packers activated him on Wednesday. Dalvin Cook, though. Luke, Dalvin back. He's back. He's back. Yep. Um, So he went on the COVID list. It was going to be like really dicey to see if he would actually even get to Green Bay. And then they changed the protocol. So five days instead of 10 days, he's now active practicing the the whole nine yards. That will be a big boon to the run game. We've seen uh, Cook has missed a few games this year, and we've seen what happens to the run game without it. Uh, Really poor vision from both Madison and Wongu, who have been the principal people getting carries. Um really really rough stuff ruining plays <laughs> not having the right burst 
Dalvin Cook just has such a unique impact in how he spaces himself and how he rescues blocks and how he kind of maximizes blocks. Um, and just in how he manipulates a linebacker, you know, I mean, Chris Barnes has been absolutely owned by Dalvin Cook every single matchup Chris Barnes has come onto the field because Cook is so good at luring you into one gap and then shifting over to the other one without losing any speed north-south. Um, he's just, he does the slalom ski thing. It'll be really, really, I think, important to get him back. Yeah, I didn't appreciate the laughter when you were explaining that about Chris Barnes, but uh, I, I suppose it's it's uh, it, it, it's earned. Uh, let's talk about Kirk Cousins, Luke, because um, since he put together a ridiculous performance against Green Bay, by the way, with a pressure rate over 40% in that game and just making dime throws with pressure in his face over and over and over again. Since then, it's been pretty rough. And, and yes. especially even, even in some wins, the, the win against Chicago, I mean, they won that game with 87 yards from Kirk Cousins, the win against <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, he was brutal in that game, completed under 50% of his passes in the year of our Lord 2021 for any NFL court. I mean, even like Kyle Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. It's Zach Wilson. My listeners are in on that bit. Um, oh, can, can do okay. that. Um and and he hasn't. So what has what has gone wrong here? The last it's really it's it's really since the Green Bay game. Yeah. So when they played the Chargers, that that was the big flip because they had just lost two in a row. They lost. They did the embarrassing Sunday Night Cooper Rush loss. They then lost to the Ravens, and it they they were turtling. The offense was asleep. And so they had this big conversation. They, Justin Jefferson goes into Mike Zimmer's office, and Zimmer says, we're going to get you the ball more. They talk to Kirk Cousins, and Zimmer's begging Kirk Cousins, be aggressive, you know? Sling it. Test the windows. Sling it. Let's go. Just get out there, loosen up, and play. If you throw some picks, you throw some picks. And that worked for a couple of games. That Packers game was one of them. We've fallen away from that now. And Kirk has reverted. That's very, un that is an unnatural, like, hey, just go out there and feel it, is like very unnatural to Kirk Cousins, who is the kind of like type A personality to like memorize every single word of a textbook for a test. <laughs> um, that, and that's the way he approaches the game is memorize as many things as you can, you know, have so much preparation that you can just rely on it and never have to think. You can all just be automatic about it. And that's what turns him into this Ron Burgundy kind of paint by numbers quarterback. Um, so we're we're in that spot right now where teams have figured out how to entice Kirk Cousins to make conservative decisions, and then he makes conservative decisions. And, you know, failures downfield, you know, somebody doesn't run the, right, the route right or just doesn't get separation, you know, pressure, some problems with the play calling, all this other stuff I could talk your ear off about for an hour. Um, but ultimately, Cousins has lost whatever piss and vinegar he had in that November stretch. And he is back to the kind of check check it down. He checked down on a third and goal from the six and he was asked about it. And he said, I just wanted to put the ball in a safe spot. Like he has absolutely no, like I'm, I'm really, I've been really harsh on Kirk cousins on my show this week. Um, and that's, so that that's, I, I just mind boggling to me. There, there's and, a play yeah, that, a that sleepy offense. I saw that you highlighted on Twitter. And when I saw it in person, um, I was just like, what, what was that? And it sort of typifies exactly what you're saying. They had put together this this rollout for Cousins, and they had Jefferson on Jalen Ramsey, and Jefferson cooks Jalen Ramsey and is running free across the field. Kirk pumps, resets, and throws late to Justin Jefferson to allow Jalen Ramsey to get back in the play, which he makes, and then, of course, celebrates like he was awesome, even though he was beat <laughs> the whole way on that play, which is a Jalen Ramsey special. That seems to be the, the plane that Kirk Cousins is operating 
under right now. And when I watched the Rams game, I'm like, they they picked off Matthew Stafford three times and couldn't score more than 23 points. They still couldn't get stops consistently. And it seemed like a big reason was stuff like that from Kirk Cousins. And I hate to pile on the guy. I mean, I genuinely no, do. No, pile. Let's go. Well, this is a okay. safe space for Kirk Cousins. Hate. Let's do it. We're, We're over on the floor, pig pile. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, okay, so you want to hear a stat about the Vikings? This is the stat that typifies the Vikings. Uh, There have been in the NFL in 2021, 12 games where the losing team won the turnover margin by two or more. 12 (laughs) times in in the whole NFL, 12 times a team won the turnover margin by two or more and lost the game. Mm -hmm. Four of those are the Vikings. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. And to explain the the play that you mentioned, um, he was looking that that pump was actually to the deeper route. There was a deep post that was going and it was like the safety was kind of deep enough to make it the throw, but not really in playing outside a difficult decision. But then he just sort of buffered and he couldn't make the decision on the fly and he <laughs> got too hesitant. And that's what made the the throw late. Um, yeah, that that kind of thing has happened. A lot of balls are late. We've been talking about it a lot on Lockdown Vikings. Like, what is it? Is it there, there's a theory about his footwork that I had? You know, is it just reads? Is it just kind of not feeling it? He's very out of rhythm. The Vikings are asleep and out of rhythm right now, and they need to find that like right now, or everybody gets fired. Back with Peter in just a second, but first let me talk to you real quick about Grambling. Of course, Bet Online has their live betting uh, module there player prop builder module. Those are my two favorite ways to gramble with bet online, but you can do whatever you want. You can bet on pro football, college football, tennis, uh, basketball, hockey, even MMA, or even play your favorite casino games. That is at bet online. You can use promo code locked on L O C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus. When you sign up, that's promo code locked on for a 50% match to whatever your first deposit is. That's free grambling money at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Vikings and Locked On Packers your first listen every day, Vikings and Packers fans. And make sure you also check out the Ultimate College Playoff Preview in 2021. Local experts, betting advice, draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. It's a separate podcast feed, so just search on your podcast app. Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview and get yourself ready for that. But Peter, I got to ask you some stuff about the Packers. I want to start on the defensive side of the ball because the last time we played... I do we think have to? If, <laughs> yes, we do. Please, God. Uh, I, I think the reason, if, if if I were to look at the Packers, that, that Packers game and say, why'd the Packers lose? Secondary is probably it. Is Jair Alexander back? Are they going to have a better effort this time? Well, uh, I don't have answers for either of those questions. Luke, next question, okay. please. Thank you. No, um, <laughs> we we truly do not know if Jair Alexander will be available to play for the Packers on Sunday. We know that he's been activated. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, he had reached his window of coming back off IR um, from that that shoulder injury, collarbone injury, whatever. Exactly, we're a little nebulous on what right. exactly it would have had to be like season was. ending if they didn't. But he, exactly, okay. and and. He, my understanding of that injury is it was all about pain and he's been able to manage it. It has not been a problem. He's practiced in consecutive days, consecutive weeks. So he's hit every checkpoint there. I I think they're pretty confident that he's going to be able to give them something in the future. Can it be this week? We'll see. That's going to be the part that I think we're going to have to keep our eye on. And then how do you modify your game plan as a result? Adam Thielen, um, you know, is, is someone who has hurt the Packers in the past. Um, to not have him out there could change the way that the Packers play defense. Here's the here's the problem that I have, Luke, uh, is that the last couple of weeks, 
Joe Barry has treated the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns like they had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and Jake Reed all on the same field at once, and I don't understand it. And so can they find some answers here? Do they have, if they put Justin Jefferson in the backfield as they did on a, a beautiful touchdown that, that Clint Kubiak schemed up in that first matchup, do they have a better answer this time? If they're going to put Eric Stokes out there on an island with Justin Jefferson, are you going to give safety help? Then I guess he's not on an island, right? But if they're gonna if they're gonna put him outside and match him up that way, what do you do when it's Shannon Sullivan? They they are still having some of the same issues from that Minnesota game. Since then, in games that they've won, they've still busted some coverages. They've given up some big plays. I think some of that stuff is fluky. Like, let's not forget in that game, Kirk Cousins threw like five or six interceptions, but only got credited for what was one or two. Right. Um, and, that was and, the aggression. <laughs> right. And and Darnell Savage had two of them. One of them called back on penalty. One of them called back on uh, a review where the ball just barely hit the ground. You know, like one of the, like it was that kind of fluky stuff. So I think we probably are having a different discussion about the, the secondary struggles if Darnell Savage gets to keep a, a pick or two of those. Um, but at the same time, it, it is a very real issue right now. Um, on the other hand, Russell Douglas is playing at like a Pro Bowl level over the last six yeah. weeks. He's been incredible like this season. I I can't explain it, Luke. I really can't. He's come in and just from the jump been awesome. And there, sometimes there is just no explaining it. Sometimes, the, I mean, these are NFL players. I think it's a credit to NFL talent in general that someone like that could be on a practice squad, can be a former, you know, also ran on some other teams and and perform the way that he has. Two interceptions last week. Um, he's He's been unbelievable. And I, I wonder if the fact that he has been so good frees the Packers up to get a little bit more aggressive, to, to do some doubling, and get a little bit more aggressive with how they handle Justin Jefferson. Maybe they go to the Bulldog 17 package that the Ravens used on, on Devontae Adams and just say, we're going to double you every play, and we don't care if Dalvin Cook runs for 200 yards. Justin Jefferson is not beating us. Um, I I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Yeah, maybe. It, it's interesting. Sometimes you just figure out exactly what a guy can and can't do, and then you just like can scheme it up for that. And if you have guys who can kind of pick up the pieces elsewhere, it can, you know, turn a guy like Rasul Douglas into suddenly looking like the best corner. Um, so I have a broader question. I've seen a lot of like a lot of the analytics people are talking about the Packers this way and a lot of the kind of odds and stuff. The Packers seem like they're in the driver's seat for the one seed. Other yep. than that, I'll just say, are they frauds? Are the Packers frauds? <laughs> yes or no? Go ahead, Peter. <laughs> I think we had this discussion in 2019, right? That this is the worst coming into the 2020 season. It was, was this the, the worst 13 and three team ever? Like we had this exact conversation. Like, yeah, that 2019 uh, Packers team felt like so fake. And that, <laughs> I think that, I this think feels that, like the realest Packers team of like all the 13 and three teams of the last that couple years. Team, this one that, seems realer to me, but I don't know. That 19 team was faker than this one. I'll say that. Like they beat the Lions twice without having led either of those games in regulation at all. So like that's how you know that you have some 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 fake stuff on your resume. I I, I talked about this on the show earlier in the week, and I, I tweeted about it as well. In in a lot of these games that were close, the Packers have 12 wins on the season. In all 12, they had double digit leads or won by double digits. Now Vikings fans will go. Hey, us, we do that every time and then lose anyway. Um, and, and I get that. Tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> but in I haven't even gotten that far in a couple of these. In six, in six of their wins, 
Green Bay had two score leads in the second half that in games that they pretty much controlled. I mean, they were up 17 nothing on the 49ers and and it took some crappy officiating and some you know some, some sort of weirdness to get San Francisco back in that game. Uh, they had a two score lead against the Bengals and it took Mason Crosby um, going outside of his body in that game to miss 14 field goals. Um, I think he just missed another one in Cincinnati. Like it, it took some weirdness for some of those games to be as close as they were. And then in other ones, you know, they, they just, they, they played well. And the, the other, like the, the Cardinals game, they were up uh, by two touchdowns in that game. And, and Kyler Murray did Kyler Murray stuff like that's going to happen. Um, I don't think this team is fraudulent, but you're right. Football outsiders doesn't love them. Um, but on the other hand, uh, 538, their ELO metric has them as the second best team in the league. Sagarin, which is more known for college basketball, but they have a point-based model for, for the NFL. They have the Packers as the second best team. Pro football reference or pro football focus, excuse me. Their point-based model has the Packers as the second best team in the league. So I don't, I don't think they're frauds, um, but I do understand some of the skepticism because they have not done what the Cowboys did to Washington. They have okay, not done so that's Peter even... talk for their frauds. Got it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Print it. <laughs> put it on a t-shirt. Yep. Should we should we transition to game specific discussions here on, yeah. on Packers Vikings? Because it's going to be will... five degrees in this game. That was going to be my first thing. It's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be cold. And I, love it. and I said this on Twitter. Um, Kingsley Kiki, who was a scratch last week. And we thought a healthy scratch, but then was not at practice on Wednesday when the team was back out there. So now it seems like he's dealing with something. Um, Tyler Lancaster, not out there. So you're talking about two critical pieces in the Packers run game um, in, in a run defense that's already 31st by DVOA, uh, is already not very good in a game where presumably the Vikings are going to run a, um, I think the technical term is um, a shit ton. And so... Um, <laughs> Uh, how can the Vikings screw this up, Luke? The interior line. I mean, Kenny Clark, that's the answer, right? Like Kenny Clark has owned Viking centers. I mean, he's got all these highlights against Gary Bradbury, had some crazy ones against Mason Cole, who's he's out, by the way, now. So Bradbury's at center. They have Oliudo back at guard, um, even though Mason Cole was kind of playing well there, which sucks. Um, yeah, that's a, a weak spot, and Kenny Clark can exploit it. Um, but... They have Christian Derisaw. I think he's played well at tackle, played well enough. He hasn't been perfect, but he's been good for a rookie, I would say. Um, Brian O'Neill is every bit the guy we paid for in the offseason. And I thought Ezra Cleveland, he's been kind of settling more into playing left guard. I think he's played reasonably there as well. So it's a better line than you've seen from the Vikings the last like decade. It's not like a good one, but it's, I don't know, to our perspective, it's like, oh, wow, they're like, maybe they won't be embarrassing this time. There's a chance at that. <laughs> It's degrees, um, but right? That's the way. Yeah. And, but still, I mean, look, we've gone into Lambo. We went into Lambo last year and Dalvin Cook ran for like 400 yards. So that's, yep. that might be the way again. Um, also, I think he had games 46 script, right? touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Something like that. And it, it's, but it's game script or it's game script. Um, you know, if the Packers get up two scores, the Vikings go into panic mode and then they have Kirk Cousins throw a bunch. But then Kirk Cousins in his panic, his instinct is to check down. So then you get the Vikings into their two yard pass offense and then they just kind of turtle up and die. That's really what's happened in some of these. CJ Ham, Taylor Conklin, they do their thing. Yeah. Engine that makes the office go offense go. Chris Herndon. <laughs> I like the funny thing is I like that trade for Minnesota, too. I was like, oh, I, I can't oh, like that. Like, <laughs> but I, I thought he was a talented player, but it turns out he's he's um. 
He's a player. Yeah. They got that half. They got that part of it half right. He got like um, 400 yards once three years ago. Like it's it's it's. Nothing. He made a, an incredible one-handed catch at a game I was at. Uh, Packers Jets. Uh, he was really good nice. in that game in 2018, and it's just like since then, it's been that thing. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm wondering about this this defense because um, Mike Zimmer has always been um, someone that that Aaron Rodgers has had nice things to say about and someone that he feels There's a like lot of they, respect there. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think they both feel like the other is a worthy adversary. Right. Mm-hmm. And I go back to, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019. The Packers had gone up. I believe it was 21, nothing. And, and then scored three points or something the rest of the way. That was and a 2019 Lambeau game. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was asked what happened. And he said, Mike Zimmer happened. Yeah. Um, how does this team, you mentioned the edge has been uh, part of the issue here. How do they how do they pressure Rodgers enough? Because the numbers, this this pressure splits with Rodgers are incredible. When he's a clean pocket, he is going to destroy you. Yeah. And when you pressure him, he's like Justin Fields. So what is Minnesota going to do there to try and to turn that tide a little bit? Well, I'm I'm sure Zimmer has some pressures saved for the Packers. He had it for the first game, a couple of them that I know. Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and was like, Jesus, those pressures. Um, I'm sure he's got more up his sleeve that he drew up in July that he's been saving for this one. <laughs> um, you know, and like I, I'm sure every coach does for you know division games. So I'm, I'm sure there's some of that right now. They have a kind of a deficiency at their pass rush. No, Daniel Hunter, no Everson Griffin. They've got these guys like Sheldon Richardson has been pretty good, but all he has is a bull rush. Um, and they've kind of got a lot of guys that are like only bull rush. So you've got to do some pressures in some of your, you know, the cl- classic blitz scheme stuff that Zimmer does. Um, and, and you'll, you'll have to get that against the Rams there. I, I thought they called really good coverages as well against, you know, Cooper cup and stuff cup got his, but, um, I thought they did a really good job kind of countering some of those concepts. Once they had the first couple drives, once they kind of got a little information, I thought they did a really good job adjusting in the middle of the game. Vikings yeah. will have to do that. Well, you know, the whole, um, LeFleur Zimmer adjustments, the cat and mouse game there with, with Rogers and stuff. Um, they, they know that Aaron Rodgers is really hard to fool, but I think they also believe that they can do it if they go crazy enough. So I would expect to see some wild scheme stuff. And I would say if you don't, then, then that's, that's probably a fair reason for this to be the game that gets Zimmer fired, which you have the chance to do here. If Zimmer doesn't make the playoffs, which would happen if the Vikings lose this game, that's, Pretty much it. Everybody in Minnesota pretty much knows that that's it. So Aaron Rodgers actually has the chance to kill Mike Zimmer once and for all in this game. And and you know who knows that? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He knows that. And he's you know he's already sent a text to Brian Gutekinds like, um, Mike Zimmer, defensive consultant, uh, in Green Bay in 2022. <laughs> I'm just like I'm not saying well, I. I don't know if you work with I'm Jerry just Gray. Saying, I think there's beef. Well, you, I, I think if you're the Packers, you go, hey Jerry. Congratulations <laughs> on a great career. Thanks for everything. But um, <laughs> why don't you follow Nathaniel Hackett to wherever he's going to go be coach? Because uh, we would love to. We would love to see it. Um, no, no, they'll and, reunite. Aaron Rodgers and Mike Zimmer will reunite in Oakland or in Las Vegas. Ooh, juicy, juicy. Does Devontae <laughs> Adams come in that scenario too? Yes. This does feel like this game is the final matchup of Zimmer and Rogers and mm. uh, it's three, three and one, right? So this is like the title the rubber match. Yeah. I, okay. So Exciting. I like the Packers in this game. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think the line is too much. I think seven and a half is too much. Oh, um, yeah, I think we're, much. I think we're like, 
I think we're looking at like 27, 24, 30 to 26, like something in there where it's like four, three, four, five. I think Green Bay wins, but I think it's going to be close. I think, I think the Vikings cover. What do you think? So the Vikings won on a field goal last time. Packers went on a field goal this time. It, it must be symmetrical and it must be something that makes you feel pain. Anytime you think about anything remotely close to it, that's the rule of the Vikings. Um, I, I like a 20, I like a low scoring game. It's cold out. It's going to be a lot of running and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could, I think I I like, a, like a 21, a plotting, 17 kind of thing or a 20 to 17. Yeah. Kind of like a 20 to 17 kind of deal. I, I like that. And either that or, it's one of those games that the final score is like 20 to 16, but it wasn't actually that close. Kind of like what we just did with the Rams, 20 to 30 to 23, but they kicked our ass. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really believe in the Vikings right now at all. I, I think they're just kind of broken and they're out of gas. So we'll, we'll see if they have anything. It feels a lot like the 2016 matchup when we went to Lambeau, second to last game of the year. We got absolutely blown out with like hey, playoff hopes, you know, hanging by a thread Adam Thielen broke out in that game, and that was just about it. And otherwise, you know, the season was kind of kaput from there, and they were and, eliminated. And Jordy it Nelson feels like the same situation. Jordy Nelson yeah. put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I, I um, I, I can't say I, I don't remember that because I definitely remember that it was wonderful. And um, we will, we will see if we get a repeat of it. Either way, you and I will be back here uh, tomorrow for for our shows, and then Monday the rest of the week to talk about it. Luke, this is awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate a, uh, a great 2021 season. I hope we get many more. All right, we'll follow up on some of this stuff tomorrow here on the Locked on Vikings podcast. We'll also get our bold predictions in, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, check out the Locked on Bets podcast, where your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling will help you get your grambles straight. I will see you all tomorrow, and as always, skull.